Inspiration now in session. Inspire guys, people. My wife thinks I'm crazy. How did we get here? I can't believe y'all let me have a show. We going higher and higher, let me inspire you. Guys, people, I see you, let me admire you. He gave you vision and purpose, but you struggled to dream. Cause the seed that was sown wasn't stitched in your jeans. What was in them was denim. I guess what's in them is in them. There's a different perspective that I'm trying to present them. It ain't always peace when you see the peace sign. It don't make you a Levite cause you rock Levi's. What's up, people? I am your host, Jay Will. And I would like to welcome you to Inspire God's People. Man, I got a lot going on. Can I just vent to y'all real quick? Listen, man, I'm not even joking. I've been busy like for years. Like I'm one of those people that's like always busy. But every year I feel like I'm the most busy that I've ever been in my entire life. And let me tell you, at first, the first few years, I used to kind of get stressed out, you know, just juggling everything, like all the little tasks I have to do. And I, I'll get stressed out. I'm just being real. But one of the things through just a lot of the books I've been reading and, you know, through praying and just being in the word and learning to cast my cares on the Lord and all those things, I can honestly say the past two years, I've lived a very calm, busy life. I know that doesn't make sense, but what I mean by that is, yes, I still have a lot to do, but I pretty much moved through it like Mr. Miyagi. Like I got one of those mentalities. Like, I'm just like, yo, slow it down, Daniel, son. Wax on, wax off. It is okay. Okay, you have 500 things to do today. No problem. That's my mentality. And I'm learning that that's a great thing, right? But here's the challenge. As I become more successful, I get busier. And I used to think like, oh, once I get to this point or if I could just do this, then life is going to be easy. I'm going to sit back. I'm going to chill. I think that's how we look at things a lot of times. We think that life is just going to get to this super easy point and there's going to be, oh, I make a lot of money and oh, I'm rich and oh, this, this and this and Oh, I have the perfect life and everything's easy. That's not realistic. I'm learning that like, man, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with this stuff, you know, and I never talk a lot about my corporate job on the show. Um, there's some things I talk about, I guess, in theory, but I don't really, you know, bore y'all with all that stuff. But, you know, I'm somewhat of a negotiator. I build new business partnerships and I negotiate the agreements. That is kind of the short version of what I do. I develop new business partnerships. Now, that is a very vague description of my corporate role, but it's really none of your business. You know what I'm saying? Can I have a little bit of privacy? You know what I'm saying? Y'all already getting all the information and the inspiration. Can I have something to myself? Anyway, I do enjoy my job. I work with great people. Um, and it's pretty cool. And it actually sharpens a lot of my skills um, for things like this show and just being an entrepreneur in general. It's kind of like being paid to go to school is the way I see it. But even in my corporate role, you know, success comes with some challenges because with every opportunity that you get, every new promotion, you know, you take on bigger responsibilities. And one of the things that 
I've learned through the years is that, look, some of these roles can really take your life in a sense. A lot of people that are CEOs and vice presidents, those people are traveling for months at a time. I've talked to executives that are like, yeah, I haven't been home in three months because every day I'm headed somewhere else because you're an asset to a company. And so, again, I know successful people problems. I know some people don't want to hear it, but if you're not already there, you know, we're going down this path together. I'm trying to prepare you for what's to come so you don't have all these unrealistic expectations about how great life is going to be. I've talked to plenty of successful people who still have issues. They just are different issues. It's like, man, I miss my kids, but I've been traveling and things like that. And so these are the realistic things that are out there that we have to wrap our mind around and try to balance out. And I know that a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show. And I'll also share that because I'm not one of those people that believe that you just have to leave your day job, you know, from day one. I think having a job um, with benefits and making some money and things like that can actually help your entrepreneurial um, aspirations. But listen, I'm not saying you have to do it my way. Um, I'm not saying that I'll always do it the way that I'm doing it now, but I'm just learning as I go. And I'm trying to share that with y'all. You know what I'm saying? Can I share a little something with you? With you, with you, with you. All right, let's keep it moving. This show is something that I didn't really anticipate being what it is. When I first started the show, I kind of told Tiff, like, hey, this is what I'm feeling led to do, blah, blah. We'll try it for 12 weeks and see what happens. That was my original goal. And I could tell you, really, by about the second or third week, I already knew, like, man, this is really a thing. And as great as that is, as, as thankful as I am for this show and this opportunity, it's a huge responsibility. And you know, it's something new that I have to fit into my busy lifestyle, my already busy lifestyle. Then I get this show that's been doing really well, thanks to you guys. And it's a new thing that I have to try to manage. I know y'all probably tripping like, wait a minute, this sound like successful people problems. I guess it is for real. And I just want to share during the show, like this is what I'm dealing with. I think so many times we like to hear people's story after they've made it through and it's like oh he's one of the top entrepreneurs in the world and this person is successful and let me hear their story and you learn all these great things that they never talked about while they were going through it it's like everybody tries to front while they're going through the issues and the challenges and everything and then once they hit some certain level of success then now they feel comfortable going back and telling you hey keep going because when i was in your position i was going it's like wait a minute bro when you was in my position, you ain't tell me you, you was in my me. position. You, you know what I'm saying? So I'm just trying to be a little transparent. I know successful people problems. I get it. I just want y'all to understand that being successful and being great comes at a price. There's a cost and you have to analyze the situation and ask yourself, am I willing to pay that? Can I afford that? And I think a lot of times we don't do that in life and we find ourselves going after things because they looked good on other people and they didn't look good on you. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like seeing the outfit on the mannequin and you go in there and you try it on in the fitting room and it's like, uh, the mannequin pulled it off a little better than me. Because guess what? The mannequin is fake. And sometimes fake people can make things that ain't that great look a little better because they're not being honest with you. And I'm not saying that's the case with everyone. Everybody in the world ain't fake. 
you have to be careful when you're just looking at things as a one-size-fits-all option and solution for you. Take a step back. Look at it. Ask yourself, can I afford success? Am I willing to pay the cost for that level of greatness? Because even as it relates to my corporate job, one of the reasons that this topic is even a thing is because when I add something like this show to my life, it doesn't give me an excuse to now slack off at my corporate job. It actually makes me want to be better everywhere. And if you want to be great across the board, then you have to look at things that you're pulling in. It's like, man, I got to be great at the show. I got to be great here. But then, oh, I can't start slacking as a husband. Man, I got to be great there. We counting up the cost now. Oh, man, I still have to spend time in my word. I have to keep my relationship with Christ. All right, cool. Got to be great there. Oh, man, I'm a brother. I'm an uncle. I'm a son. I got to go to my parents' birthday parties and my nieces and nephews. Got to see them sometimes. It's like greatness comes at a cost. And I know successful people problems, but I'm just trying to be real with y'all. All right, so here's what I want to do. I'm going to leave y'all with a few final thoughts on this topic, and then I promise I'm going to let it go. But I just really want y'all to get this one. You feel me? Number one, too much to do, too little time. This is why it's important to plan out your day, to schedule things, to have a routine. These are the type of things we talk about on this show, because the more successful you become and you want to be great in every area of your life, then it's like, man, you have to have a plan. You just can't wing it because you're going to start missing things if you wing it. So that's important. I'm constantly developing and refining those things in my life. I want y'all to understand I haven't arrived. I haven't made it. I'm just sharing with y'all some of the things I learned along the way. Some things I'm good at, some things I'm bad at, some things I'm struggling at, but I'm doing it. You feel me? All right. The second thing I want to say is understand that everyone won't understand. <sighs> this is a tough one because you have to be willing to be on an island if you want to be successful. There are going to come times in your life where you're the only person that thinks like this and you're the only person that feels this way. Now, when I say the quote unquote only person, I don't mean this literally. You should have some type of accountability partners in your life, some people you trust, your husband, your wife, you know what I'm saying? They should be supporting you being on that island. But what I mean is just like generally, the general population, maybe some of your old friends or everyone won't get it. Everyone in your family won't get it. And sometimes you have to be willing to be a leader and say, look, I know y'all don't understand what I'm doing or why I'm doing it, but this is an alignment with my purpose. I'm not just chasing selfish ambition because if I was doing that, I would have just quit my job and I would have did this. Not saying quitting your job is chasing selfish ambition. It can be sometimes, but I'm just saying in general, understand that everyone won't always understand, but it still should line up with the word and the people you trust, the people you know, love and have that relationship with, they should understand. You know what I'm saying? Don't just be out here going rogue now to my, Jermaine said that nobody had to understand. I don't know why I said that like that. Sorry. All right, couple more thoughts. Being an entrepreneur won't make these problems go away. It'll actually enhance it. I think some people want to leave their job and chase their dream because they just think everything's going to be perfect because I work for myself. I work for me. Well, guess what? That's way more responsibility on you 
once you're full-time into entrepreneurship. Don't lie to yourself and make yourself think that's going to be easier. Look, read a book, watch an interview, talk to some people. Being an entrepreneur is probably the hardest thing you could ever be in this world. Being a full-time entrepreneur, man, oh man, watch Shark Tank. You know what I'm saying? That's a very helpful show for entrepreneurs. Just watch it. I read the Shark Tank book about four or five years ago now, three, four years. I don't know. I read it before. Okay, here's the last little thought I want to leave y'all with today. Don't worship the work. I know that sometimes when you're going after things and you're chasing things and a lot of these motivational speakers and people and even preachers and pastors that you hear talking now, it's all about just chasing your dreams and becoming great and all of this. And sometimes that turns into you worshiping the work, putting it before things that it shouldn't come before. You got to prioritize, you know, God and your family. I hate to see people become great as entrepreneurs, but lose everything that mattered in their life before that. And that's where all this counting up the cost and really asking yourself, how much am I willing to pay for this really comes into play because there are extremely successful and rich people who've been married to people for 15, 20 years and become a successful entrepreneur. And they begin worshiping that work and their spouse can no longer handle it. And sometimes, look, I'm going to just be real. Sometimes it's necessary. And that's why I was like, oh, if that's the cost for that particular job, that particular industry, I don't want to go there. Sometimes you're not defined by the opportunities that you take, but by the ones that you turn down. It's good to turn things down sometimes, even if it's more money or a bigger title or it comes with more perks. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's the right thing to do. I think we have to define what success is. We say that all the time here. You got to define what it is for you as it relates to God's plan and God's purpose for your life. If you allow the world to define success, then everything that's good in the world that comes your way as an opportunity, you'll feel pressure to take advantage of it and do it because it's like, how can I turn that down? This is a good thing, right? Not necessarily. Everything that's good ain't God. Don't worship the work. Keep God first. Keep your relationship with him intact. Keep chasing after him. Prioritize him. Prioritize your family after that and make sure you're not missing important milestones in your children's life and that you're not so busy out here going after your dream that you forsake your legacy because that's what your kids are, your legacy, baby. And you can't sacrifice that for anything, but you got to balance all of this stuff out. I know that we have dreams and I know we have desires and that's okay, but you got to go to God with that thing. It doesn't always mean you got to leave your job. It's not always an ultimatum like, well, if I can't leave my job, I'm not taking pictures. Well, guess what, brother? What do you call a photographer that doesn't take pictures? Just a guy? And we walking around telling people, yeah, I'm a photographer, baby. Well, you haven't taken a picture in five years. Five years. Five years. Jay Willie, yo, what's the dealio? I really know that you're feeling me, though. Stop. Yo. Please, please stop. Stop. This, this isn't going to work. What, me rapping? You're not a rapper. No, but. You're an actor. Oh. And right now you're acting like you're out of your mind. <laughs> Don't ever do that again, all right, man? Don't disrespect my Ironically, craft. Ironically, my wife tells me that because I wrap around the house. Oh. And my wife tells me that all the time. She's like, Don't do that. Stop. Don't ever do that again. She can actually rap better than you. 
<laughs> don't, please don't tell her that, because she, <laughs> she the one that literally be rapping around the house all the well, time. From the videos y'all showed me, I know. <laughs> that was wrong that you put that one on Facebook, too. Oh, man. That was that actually was, hilarious. Yes, it was. What's up, man? All right, so I was... Uh, what is trolling? Is that like when you going on people's pages looking through stuff? Mm, I'm not sure. I don't no, know. I think that's lurking. Oh, okay, so I was uh, lurking on your um, <laughs> uh, on your Instagram. page. I love how we don't really know the language and the lingo of like hey. the social media age, and we just trying to wing it. <laughs> but I think that's lurking. Okay, so I, I was lurking on your uh, on your Instagram page, and I saw some people asking some questions. I guess you would ask about you know. Um, what are some things that people want to discuss yeah, yeah. and talk about, right? So there's a uh, young lady named uh, Tiffany Janelle underscore. Yeah, yeah. Tiff, what up? She's a huge supporter. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Hey, what Tiff. Up, what up? All right, and uh, she said uh, friendships. She wants to talk about friendships. But okay. before, before, you, before you go there, All right. there was another post. I said, well, maybe we could, we could kind of mix these together because there's a young lady named JMB underscore so spicy. Jessica, what okay. up, what up? Another cool. huge supporter. All right, hey, Jess. And she says, maintaining godly relationships in friendship. Mm. Okay. okay, so she added a little more to what Tiffany had actually yeah, said. Yeah, so, okay, so Tiffany like said that. friendship, so it's kind of like an umbrella. And then Jessica said, maintaining godly relationships in friendship. So, J. Will, how do we maintain godly relationships within the realm of of friendships, the people want to know. Man, I like how you did that. Combine the two questions. We had just that overall friendship question, and then you turn it into something godly. Wow, mm-hmm. you might be saved, Lavelle. Hey, I just read the thing. <laughs> okay, I'll take it back. You're not saved at all. <laughs> you don't know God. No, um, maintaining godly friendships. Mm-hmm. I think what it comes down to is, number one, growing, right? Because, all right, friendships is something that we all are like professionals at as we grow. Think Mm -hmm. about it. It's one of the few things that everybody does, and you start early. Mm -hmm. I remember having best friends in kindergarten. Mm. So it's 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 like a profession. You jump in at four and five years old. And you start this learning process. Mm -hmm. Now, not many people are still, you know, friends with someone from kindergarten. Mm -hmm. Even though I actually do first grade, I keep up with one or two people through Facebook. A couple of dudes that I went to elementary school with. Okay. Which is pretty cool. But my point is, we all have a lot of experience with that. And with that experience comes a lot of ups and downs. Now, I think when you talk about true godly friendships, mm-hmm. number one, there is a lot of patience that takes place. And they start with a good intention. Um, even if, being honest, if I think about how you and I became cool, because it's unique, we didn't become friends until we were adults. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, I guess, becoming friends as an adult could be a little tough. And sometimes it could be a little easier and in our case, I think it was a little easier because we had already been friendship professionals, uh-huh. meaning we had already gone through the ups and downs of life of having friends. Mm-hmm. Um, 
knowing what was good, what was bad about ourselves, about others, and working through all those things with personality. So I would say that, first of all, for it to be a godly friendship, God has to be in it. Mm, That literally makes sense. Yeah, so it's like sometimes we want to create the aura of something being godly Mm. when it's not really godly. Like God is not in it. It's like, oh, me and you hit the club every week and we get drunk and get high. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we can't really call that a godly friendship. Like God isn't right. in it. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And so I think that's really the first thing is like, if it's going to be a godly friendship, then God has to be in it. Mm. Meaning we're talking about the word, meaning we're also applying the word to our friendship. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And it's, it's a, a daily thing and it's give and take as well, mm-hmm. you know? And so I guess that's just my first thought is first have God in it. Mm-hmm. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. There's a scripture that just popped in my head. It's in uh, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24. And ironically, this scripture is two verses after the, he that finds a wife finds a good thing. The ironically two, two verses okay. later, the very end of the chapter of Proverbs 18 says a man that has friends must show himself friendly. Mm. And there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Man, a lot there. That's a lot because it's almost like those two things are so different. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, they're the same, but they're different. Mm. I don't know why I like saying that. (laughs) Like better, different. I'm not better because I'm different. I'm different because I'm better or better, whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm better because I'm different. I'm different. Stop, stop. Oh, all right. Stop. I'm sorry for even, I'm sorry for even triggering that. I, that was my fault. Um, this idea of making yourself friendly mm-hmm. is something that I've grown to try to get better at. Mm. I think a lot of times when you're younger, at least when I was younger, it's weird. You look at friendships a lot of time from your own perspective. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's all about you, what you can get out of it and, you know, what this person does for you. Do they listen to you? And one of the things for me, especially being someone who's super expressive and let's say, quote unquote, talks a lot. Mm -hmm. I try to make a conscious effort to listen when other people are talking. And as simple as that seems, because I'm a talker, there are a lot of times in life where I could look back and be like, man, did I ever really listen to that person when they mm-hmm. had something to say? Did mm-hmm. I just like sit back and take it in and not try to give my opinion before I heard how they felt? And so I think part of making yourself friendly is being conscious about the other person. Mm. And I think in godly friendships, we have to actually care about the other person. You get what I mean? Where it's mm-hmm. like, you have to care about somebody to the point where how they feel, what they think actually matters. That's amazing you just said that. Because the that same chapter, Proverbs, we read the last verse. If you go back up to the first verse, it says this. Unfriendly people care only about themselves. Wow. It starts off like that. I never caught that. I'm actually saved then. Right. I, didn't, I, I really did not know that before I just said it. That's wow. okay. That's dope because mm-hmm. friendliness is also now in context being aligned with selflessness. Mm-hmm. Unfriendliness is being attributed to selfishness. Mm-hmm. And so if you look at it that way, it's like in a godly friendship, 
how selfless can I be? Mm. How valuable can I be to that person? When I'm looking at my relationships with people now, one of the things that I do in trying to take inventory, being just totally transparent, mm-hmm. is I try to look at it and be fair on both ends and say, what value am I bringing to this person's life? Mm-hmm. What Can I honestly say that I'm doing something for them, mm-hmm. that I'm bringing some type of value, whether it be a lot of times for me, it's giving advice and mm-hmm. listening to people. Um, it's just some of the value that I bring based on how people approach me. That's just always something that people typically want from me is what I think about something. So mm-hmm. I want to make sure I'm giving that to my friends. Mm-hmm. But here's the other thing. And I've just learned to do this within the last couple of years because I think it's fair. I ask myself, what value is that person bringing me? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I think a friendship is a balance. It's a two-way street. Mm-hmm. And a godly friendship that person should be bringing you some type of value. And and what I mean by that is that some type of fruit, there should be something productive coming if it is a godly friendship in that matter. And I know that there are times where we have to pour into people, we have to serve people. And I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about now a friend. When I say you're getting something out of it, don't think of that in a generic or general sense. I'm very specific. So if my purpose or my calling is, let's say, to be a counselor, Mm -hmm. if you are my friend and this is a godly friendship, do you allow me to counsel you? Mm -hmm. That's also bringing me value by allowing me to do what God called me to do. So giving or bringing value isn't always about tangibly giving something. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to be clear about that. I thought about as you were talking about how friendship is really a give and take. And it's a relationship that is complimentary. Yes. Okay, forget, I'm kind of embarrassed, but it's one of your sons. I can't remember the name of the son. <laughs> we were listening to it on the way here. My wife's, fa- my, my wife's favorite verse is, uh, how many people will let you borrow $20 till tomorrow? The song is called Good Friends. Good and friends. you're clearly <laughs> not a good friend. <laughs> Thank you so much. But it, I think in that song, you said something about did you call just to check, check on, on me, me or did you call because you knew I had my check on me? Yeah. And uh, I thought that was really good because it's, again, okay, as you just pointed out, the name of the song is Good Friend. Yeah. Or Good Friends. And how many of us only call people our, that we call our friends when we need something, not just to check on them? Yeah, and that's the essence. So the essence of what I was trying to do with that particular song is bring this truth and balance, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like, how many people would let you borrow $20 to tomorrow? Mm-hmm. But then the question for you is, and would you pay it back? Would you pay it back? Right. Because a lot of times in friendship, you have those people. And I think even as children of God, you have to you know, be wise enough to recognize people who are up to no good, right? Who don't have your best interest. And you have those people who will just take, take, take from you mm-hmm. until there's nothing else to give. And so they want to borrow $20, uh-huh. but they're abusive, so they never have the intention in paying it back. Right. And I believe as children of God, we have to know when to say no. I think saying no is part of you yourself being a good friend. Right. 
Okay, so now I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw something at you. now, And I just want the audience to know. I don't want them to think that, you know, we go over these topics days in advance and you right. sit here and you get a chance to think up. You're, you're pretty much getting these right as yeah, I, I pop in your studio. So I'm going to throw something at you. Okay. Now, I never caught this, so I don't know where this is about to go. I don't even know how much time. I'm nervous, but how much time. I am, I am too, actually, to be honest, because I, I didn't know this until just now, but, but that scripture in Proverbs 18, 24, now, one of my favorite versions is the NLT. Okay. So that same scripture, which in the King James says, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. That same scripture in the NLT now, get this. This is really interesting. It says there are friends, and it has friends in quotation marks, who destroy each other. But a real friend sticks closer than a brother. I know one of your uh, favorite versions is the ESV. That same scripture in the ESV says a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So what I like about that is quality over quantity. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes when you think about, I talked about, you know, growing up in school, right. Mm -hmm. And having friends. Mm -hmm. And when you're younger, it almost seems like your goal is to hoard as many friends as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we don't even want to just have a friend. We want to be part of a clique or a group. Mm -hmm. Why some people get in gangs and right. you know things like that, and so ultimately, what I like about what I've heard and, and the different versions actually almost bring out different ideas. So it's it's right. a little interesting. I would have to study that a little more in depth, yeah, contextually. But one of the things I heard in there is just that there'll be a lot of people that can come along and masquerade mm. as a friend, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but there is a true friend that sticks closer than a brother. Now, honestly, I I can look at that even two ways because okay. I can look at what Christ is to us, mm-hmm. right, and, and, and his role in our life and how he sticks closer than a brother. But then I can also just look at literally you'll recognize when a friend is true because they'll stick closer to you than even a brother would. And so mm-hmm. I think there are interesting dynamics to it, but ultimately... What I really hear is quality over quantity. Don't try to be everyone's friend, but be someone's good friend. Right. Man, that's good. I just I just went on Facebook just now to see how many friends I have on Facebook. Okay. I love I have, this. I have 2,847 friends, and I have about 447 requests. That, Are you serious? That I need to go through. Wow. I feel <laughs> terrible, man. I feel terrible. That's I, funny, man. I, I don't even call a lot of my actual friends back. I'm so that sorry. is true. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, he's not lying. I'm, I'm getting better. I'm getting better. But but it was really interesting when you talked about, about quality over quantity. But I think a lot of people try to make Facebook their real life. And they Ooh. think that these 2,847 people are really, really? their friends. Man. They're re- they really, you know, some people really, and so they have this, they have this outlet where they can, they can say what they want to say and do what they want to do. Why? Because these are my friends. friends. That's so true. So dangerous. So interesting. Mm. 
you're right. With the advancement of technology and social media, we've been trying to operate online as if they are real friendships. Mm. Like there are things that I see people share on social media Mm -hmm. and I'm like, you realize you're sharing that with thousands of people Uh that you don't know. And I mean, simple stuff like, you know, you're at dinner with your family Mm -hmm. and you're going live on a video and y'all just in the living room doing nothing. I'm like, do you realize you just bought (laughs) thousands, potentially thousands of strangers into your living room while you're playing with your son or something random. And I think that's the part about social media that perplexes me is our willingness. And maybe through ignorance, I'm not sure, or Mm -hmm. people are just changing, but just our willingness to treat total strangers without any real substance or perspective as if they're real friends. Wow. You know, I think I think social media, and that's why that's why I love your your segment. Let was it Let's Get Social? Yeah, yeah. yeah I really I really like that because it, it it shows the mindset of people. You know how well you can get to know people on Facebook because they're telling you everything about themselves, right? Every little minuscule thing about themselves. I I actually have some real friends that I wouldn't want in my living room. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But look though. You can't even get to know some people because you already know everything about them. So it's like <laughs> back in the day, you run into somebody, I assume, you uh-huh. know, for our parents, when they run into their friends from high school, right. then it's like, hey, how you doing? Oh, you got a son named Lavelle? <laughs> oh, man, that's right. Oh, I'm praying for you. You look bad. <laughs> Nowadays, it's like you run into people. And, and it's literally everything. like, what's up, man? Your favorite color, blue. Your daughter just graduated <laughs> from high school and you got a job promotion. It's like it's almost awkward seeing people because there's nothing to catch up on. Wow. And then here's what makes it makes it weird. When you know stuff about them that they didn't know you knew because you probably never liked their picture or their post. Mm. Don't just think because you only got 30 likes. Uh-huh. You got 3,000 views. Right. <laughs> like, right. only 30 right. people liked it, but other people saw it. And I know that wow. because when I run into people all the time in public, people will be like, oh, yeah, man, I see what you're doing with the show or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, you ain't never subscribed. <laughs> liked one post about the show. So that's just how people are, man. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. So uh, thanks to uh, Tiffany and Jessica. Yeah. For those those that really brought out some really good things, man. I really, really like that. And um I'm glad that I have a friend like you that allows me yeah. to come into your studio and 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 yeah and be a part of this show, you, man. And you know it's what, man? A, it it's it's an listen. honor. It's honor and I'm I'm all jokes aside, mm. it's a complete honor for me to actually tell you to get out of my studio. <laughs> um <laughs> It makes me feel great just to have that ability and to know that we have that relationship <laughs> where we can still be cool at long distance. Right. You know, and, so yeah. And that I'm going to, I am coming back. Ain't that, no, no, no. Ain't like, that amazing? This is your last show. Good, goodbye, brother. We don't want you on no more episodes of inspire guys. People. I'm trying to figure out how to way to work my way into the point fives. Doc. <laughs> hey, Get off the record and get off my microphone. See you later, brother. See you later, brother. See you later, brother. Today's show is brought to you by J. Will Music, the Christian rapper, the different rapper. 
With over 60 songs released since 2011, Jay Will has a music portfolio that will speak to your soul and challenge you to leave behind all things old while accepting all things new. He has a genuine soulful flow and a biblical point of view that makes his music one of a kind. You can find it on iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, and anywhere else where music is sold. Just search J-W-I-L-M-U-S-I-C or visit jwillmusic.com. Want to check out some of his music videos? Okay, cool. Visit jwillmusic on YouTube by searching J-W-I-L-M-U-S-I-C. Now, I'm tired of tired of talking like this. I'm tired tired of talking like this. Uh. That was kind of fun though. Like doing this little mini commercial about me as me, acting like y'all don't know I'm me and I don't know I'm me. It was cool to me, man. Well, anyway, check out my music. I love, love, love sharing my art. And I have a new album that I'm gonna be dropping soon entitled Inspire God's People. I just gotta wait until the time is right. Like it's gotta be perfect timing for this one. In the meantime, jwillmusic.com. I hope you're all ready for this new music, man. If you're ready for it, then at least email me, Music at gmail.com. Let me know that you're ready for the album. Even let me know when you think I should drop it. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to give you all that opportunity to tell me when you want the music from me. You might be able to sway my decision and influence me. You never know because I legit am not sure right now when the album is going to come out. I just know I'm waiting for that perfect God given time. So this is what we about to do right now. Okay. What in the world is up with aggressive salespeople? I work in sales. I'm not an aggressive person. I think we have it mixed up like what sales is actually supposed to be. Sales is not supposed to be someone forcing something on you that you don't need. It's actually supposed to be someone with something that solves your issue, something that you literally need. A salesperson is supposed to guide you through to be like, oh, what's your problem? What's wrong? You need this? You need that? I have the perfect product that answers all of your questions. And some people seem to get that totally mixed up. First, let's take a little trip down memory lane. I need to set the scenery for you though, okay? It's a sunny day in the hood. I'm on the east side of Detroit at a store called Amazing Foods. It's on Gratiot. You know where that's at if you're from Detroit on the east side. You got the visual in your mind. For all my other listeners across the world, I love y'all. But I'm sure Amazing Foods look like every other store in your hood, too. You get what I'm saying? So you got the scenery, too. Now, my people that's listening uh, in Africa, the Netherlands, Asia, we got listeners all around the world, y'all. Um, I don't really know what your scenery is, and I'm not going to try to play with that and make you mad and make you not listen to the show no more. So, um, yeah, you're going to have to watch a movie to get this one, okay? So I'm getting out the car. As a teenager walking into Amazing Foods and this salesperson, okay, aka random guy walking down the street with a VCR, walks up to me like, "Hey, yeah, what's up, bro?" I'm like, "Hey, how, how you doing, buddy?" He's like, "Yeah, you want you you know you want this VCR?" 
I'm like, no, no, I, I don't. He like, I mean, bro, it's only $20. Like, you know what I'm saying? What's up? Get the VCR. I'm like, bro, I don't want the VCR because, like, you know, you could chill with that, blah, blah, blah. My man literally got upset. Now, y'all got to understand, at the time, I was a little younger, a little rough around the edges. I really didn't care that he was upset. I was looking at him like, man, you better get out of my face. It was what it was. This was an aggressive salesperson. I think about this often, and I'm like, man, he could have used those skills doing something else. He could have been like a sports agent or something. You know what I'm saying? This is why I do this show, because I want you to identify your skills and talents, and I don't want you to misuse them. I don't want you to be a salesman in the hood walking around selling stuff that people don't need, and then how you got the nerve to get mad at me because I don't want it? Well, first of all, sir, at the time that you were selling me this VCR player, DVDs had arrived. You know what I'm saying? Like, so here's the thing. I no longer want a VCR, bro. I no longer have the tapes that go in it. You feel what I'm saying? I want the, the DVD thing that had jumped on the scene in the early 2000s or late 90s, whenever it was. You know what I'm saying? So you selling me something that's irrelevant. Don't be an irrelevant salesperson, people. Let's go back to the future. I got to bring y'all back to present day. This literally happened to me about three or four days ago. I'm at this gas station. Now, I'm not in the hood hood. I'm kind of like on the outskirts of the hood. You get what I'm saying? I was leaving church and I needed some gas. And so as I'm getting out the car, I see this dude. Let's say he's about 22, 23 years old. You know what I'm saying? I'm always observant about my surroundings. That's just what I do wherever I'm at. I'm going to know what's going on around me. You feel me? So my man is riding around on the bike in circles by the gas station, and it's cold outside. That should tell you something right there. He ain't got nothing better to do. So I go in to the counter, and I'm talking to the clerk or whatever, and my man is kind of like right behind me, so I'm the kind of person that's going to look at you. If you are in my area, my proximity, you're going to get looked at because I'm trying to observe the situation and find out what's going on. So my man kind of like walking close behind me, and I turn around, and he like, yo, what up, bro? You want this Bluetooth player? I'm like, nah, like, I'm good, bro. He immediately goes like, I mean, it's a $50 joint, but you only got to throw me 24. I mean, you could throw me 10. He literally changed the price within seconds. Blew me away. I have never in my life experienced something go on sale as fast as that happened. I'm not lying to you when I say before I even answered the second time, he literally was like, I mean, you could give me 20. I mean, you could give me 10 for it. I'm like, wow, this is a deal. You're dropping the price on something that I just said I don't want. Here's my question. Why was my man so aggressive? Why did you proceed with the sale after I said no? You know what he comes off like to me? He's the guy that asks the girl for her phone number and then gets completely mad at her and turns on her when she says no. Listen, aggressive salespeople out here, stop doing this. This is not good. When you're selling something, you're presenting it to people in a way in which they would want it. First of all, let's think about the scenario. Right now, I'm on E and I need gas. You're selling me a Bluetooth speaker in a situation where I just don't need it, my man. You need to change the scenery. You need to go somewhere 
where people need music and try to sell them a Bluetooth speaker. Go to a park in the summertime when someone is going to be out there like, oh, I left my Bluetooth at home. Oh, $10 Bluetooth, man. I'll take the one that you have that you just stole from Best Buy, okay? But wait, there's more. Okay, so I left something in the car. So I ended up having to leave out of the gas station to go to my car. As I'm proceeding to go out the door, Bluetooth salesman goes on to sell me something else that I literally don't need that's even more awkward than a Bluetooth speaker at the gas station. He literally asked me, hey, cuz you know somebody that need 40 cow bullets. I'm like, nah, bruh. He like, I mean, I got so many of them. So here, here's the thing, okay. All right, all right, Bluetooth salesman. So now you selling me bullets, okay? <laughs> you, you was about to sell me a speaker and now you're selling me bullets. Oh, you good, bruh. No, you're not good, you're bad, okay? Um, I didn't know if that was a sign, y'all. So this is where it gets tricky. My thing is like, I'm looking at my man, like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if it's the guest coat I got on, but don't let the smooth taste fool you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm definitely about to come back in this gas station. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I don't know if maybe you trying to give me a sign. Like, I got a lot of bullets. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to sell you the bullets before I use them on you. I ain't know what his deal was. But anyway, I go back in the gas station. He's still there. I'm looking at him. He looking at me. It is what it is. I go out, pump my gas, and leave. And, of course, nothing happened. Thank God. But there are some weird people out here. Believe it or not. There are some things that we could take from this story and use it for our good. I know that sounds crazy. I want to focus on three things, though. Just follow me. Number one, be comfortable selling. One thing I admire about people who hustling in the hood is they are comfortable in their own skin. No matter how crazy what you're selling is, my man stood there with a straight face and tried to sell me bullets at the gas station. Do you realize how far-fetched that is? Nah, I'm not saying that he wasn't a little crazy, but I'm just saying at least this one characteristic of kind of not caring what people think and being comfortable with what you're doing is something we could take from that to be comfortable selling because I think the average person is uncomfortable selling. But I read a book last year called Sell or Be Sold by Grant Cardone. I thought it was a pretty good book. His primary premise was you are always either selling or being sold to in this world. Think about it, you turn on the TV, you driving down the road, it's the billboard. Man, people are always trying to convince you of something. So hey, you gotta be comfortable selling in this world. Um, just sell people something that they need. That actually takes me to my second point, sell the right thing. The issue that this guy had was that he's selling me something and it's just wrong place, wrong time. You feel what I'm saying? So as an entrepreneur or a corporate salesperson or whatever you do, you're trying to sell a vision, you're trying to get people to believe in you. At the end of the day, make sure you're selling the right thing. This is the importance of identifying a target market. Okay, let's move on to our third and final takeaway. It's very simple. We don't even have to spend a lot of time on this one. Number three, let people say no. If someone doesn't want what you're selling them, know when to back off. One of the main reasons this is important is because you don't want to mess up a future opportunity to sell them something. A successful salesperson has a 30% success rate. 
That means they only get to sell three out of 10 times. So here you are mad and upset and trying to force people to buy something because you're trying to be 10 out of 10 and you don't even realize, hey, bro, if you did three, you're pretty good. And actually, if you get three people to buy bullets at a gas station, you're great. But let me leave you with this. You might want to ask a leading question like, do you have a gun? Is your gun out of bullets? Do you have cash? Because I'm sure you don't take a debit card bullet at the gas station, man, with the Bluetooth speaker. I'm just trying to help y'all out. Just trying to help y'all out. All right, we talked about a lot of things today, guys, people. But I want Lavelle to come back and specifically pray about friendships, man. Our People Want to Know segment today was amazing. And I think it's so important whether you're in ministry, an entrepreneur, or a corporate business person to develop strong friendships, starting with yourself. I know, successful people problems. Praying about friends. Father God, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, first of all, thanking you that you called us your friends. That no longer are we slaves or servants, but that you called us your friends. We pray, God, that you give us the mentality of true friendship first with you what it means to be a friend of God, what it means to treat you with the respect that you deserve because you have bestowed your friendship upon us. And Lord, we pray that we would take that into our daily relationships with those we call our friends, God, that you would strengthen those bonds of friendship between us, your people, oh God knowing that you have first called us and that our relationship with our brothers and our sisters in Christ are friendships that will last forever. Help us, Lord, to first show ourselves to be friendly and to realize that there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. We pray, God, that you help us in our relationships with one another as we go throughout our Christian walk, that we would do what we say we're going to do in our relationships with our friends, that you would help us, God, to be true friends, not just associates, but true friends with one another, realizing that we are going to spend eternity with one another and with you. Help us, Father, and we thank you so much for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Thank God for our friends out there. It's time for the J. Will music song of the day. And this has one of my best friends in the world crying in the intro. Girl's name is Tatum. I love you, Tay-Tay. This song is entitled So Bad, and it features my sister, Dominique James. This is featured on the Not Your Average EP. And you need to go download that right now. Once I get going, I've been going for a while. 
Cause you know I want it so bad. Have you ever wanted something so bad? I don't care if you're feeling this. Cause you don't know what I'm dealing with. I'm not looking for sympathy cause I know who I'm meant to be. Doesn't mean that I wasn't struggling, finna quit. I went from fade to fade to fade to fade, then back again. And now I'm back again. Trying to get my faith back God is making me wait, I want it ASAP Tell me is it a test so I can ace that I've been studying the word, showing myself approved Diligent in my walk, I don't know what to do Everything that I got, I don't know But it's gotta be something holding me back You don't think that I'm ready? Man, I hope that I'm ready This burden is getting heavy I think that it's really time for me to let it go Gone Tell me if I need to slow down If I do, I need to know now Nothing's automatic just because you want it bad Gotta find a way to live with that and still be happy With these blessings all around me, how can I be mad? Disappointed, yeah, but that's a part of life But I still got my fam, still got my wife I'm still learning what it means to have the heart of Christ My faith is biggie, smalls, I want it bad, boy No more indecisions, I'm in this to win it From the start until the finish I'm a tree that's planted by the river Chosen to be different, I accept the mission Won't nobody listen, I'ma spit it, spit it Till they get it, get it And if I never drop another album Taking notes from Insta and switching up the algorithm See, average people may ignore me But I'ma still share my story Follow Tell me if I need to slow down If I do, I need to know now I can't stop once I get going I've been going for a while Cause you know I want it so bad Have you ever wanted something Title so bad and it's featured on my EP entitled Not Your Average. You can find that on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, and everywhere else by searching J Will Music, Not Your Average. Have you ever wanted something so bad? So bad. So bad. So bad. So bad. So bad.